Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast over there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. We also want to give a shout out to Purple PTSD for giving us a chance to post our pod there as well. So be sure to go check out Purple PTSD for great Vikings coverage. And Kyle, we're back Monday morning and we have some draft picks to talk about, 10 draft picks to talk about. Uh, yep. We certainly aren't able to talk about them all. Um, before we get into the draft, though, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. It was a busy weekend, uh, even busier for the Vikings. But uh, I'm doing all right. Excited to talk about the draft. So as someone for yourself that is writing, I'm, I'm assuming you're kind of writing pretty nonstop this weekend. Yeah. How yeah. disappointed were you when the Vikings traded back in the first round, knowing that that impacted your timing of having to wait until the entire first round draft uh, yeah. round had finished up to, to have to produce your, your content? Sure. So I, um, you know, I was having this internal debate. My wife and I were sitting on the couch watching and it was, you know, getting to like, you know, pick eight, nine, 10. I'm saying, you know, the Vikings are 12. So like, you know, we could go to bed like after 12, but then I was saying to myself, should I go, should I go to bed? Because there's been these rumors about potentially trading up, you know, getting back into the first and I've explored that idea. And so I was having this internal battle of, do you just go to bed and uh, get a good night's rest? Or do you wait up and watch the first round knowing that there's no guarantee that after the Vikings pick at 12, you know, the chances are they're not going to jump back up. And they removed all that uncertainty by trading with the Lions. And so in that sense, it removed my moral conflict. And uh, we stayed up the rest of the night to watch the entire thing. So That's fair. That's fair. Well, I, I, I told you around pick 15 that I was yep. done. I was going to bed. And then yep. we've, we've got a, a newborn here. And newborn decided that I wasn't going to bed quite yet. Um, <laughs> That's right. So, That's right. So we, uh, we stayed up for the entire, uh, entire first round and, um, so I think there's certainly the Vikings have given us lots to talk about uh, yes. from this draft, and we're certainly not going to be able to cover it all. Uh, some draft coverage and thoughts may leak out, leak over into the next episode, uh, but we are going to try to do just three sections here. So I want to hear yeah. what you liked about the draft, maybe what you're hesitant about. I think that it's maybe it's not fair to like, you could maybe say that you dislike something, Um mm-hmm. You could say it's negative, or maybe it's just something you're feeling cautious about. Something you liked, something you're cautious, right. maybe you weren't a huge fan of. Uh, and then we're going to wrap up with overall grades uh, of maybe just not necessarily, because like, again, we're not draft experts here, but maybe just yeah. overall grade of how you're feeling about how the Vikings have positioned themselves moving forward with what they've done at the draft, knowing that there's still lots of offseason left, but... We, sure. uh, with, with this, we get to check in every once in a while. So I want you to start first, and I, I might throw in a couple of thoughts, um, but okay. I want to hear from you first. What are you feeling positive, encouraged, hopeful about from what the Vikings did over the last few days? So what I'm feeling most encouraged about, and this is, you know, the obvious one is just going to be saying Andrew Booth Jr. at 42nd overall. But that's a little bit boring because everyone feels the same way. So instead, what I'm going to say 
is picking two corners in their first five picks. They picked Caleb Evans at 118. And then more broadly, three defensive backs in their open five picks, including their first two. So Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, and a Caleb Evans. And so Booth, of course, is the one I think getting the most attention insofar as he plays a premium position, has the talent to have gone considerably higher, but was available largely due to his injury concerns. Right. And I think he was made comments over the weekend to the effect of, you know, he hasn't been fully healthy since high school. And you could look at that a couple different ways, at least, and saying, oh my gosh, we just spent a second round pick on a guy who is never healthy or hasn't been healthy his entire college career. Or you could look at it and say, um, well, gosh, look how good he was, even despite these issues with his injuries. If he actually does become healthy, you know, we got to steal, right? And, and I think that is where Minnesota's leadership is kind of leaning. Otherwise, they wouldn't have probably sunk so high of a pick into him. Uh, so I will say Andrew Booth Jr. at 42, of course, is is kind of the main name because it seems like such good value. But two corners in the top, first five picks and then three defensive backs overall to kind of really give, you know, a, a robust amount of young talent to the defensive secondary. That's my that's my positive. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Andrew Booth Jr. is someone that we we actually mentioned, I feel like, in a couple of pot or like a couple of different podcasts. He was the guy that we took. Yeah. Uh, in our mock draft and I know I had mm-hmm. asked um, Josh a little bit about him just knowing that like that there certainly was a need and there was a hope to get one of those top corners uh, yeah. and I know Josh kind of said that maybe he was fifth on his list in terms of those that he's kind of watched mm-hmm. and looked at um, but it does certainly seem that that is the pick that the most fans are most excited about I think yeah because of position and need and also, yeah. I think because of possible value from getting a first-round talent at 42. Exactly. And it yeah, seems to exactly. really um, almost, like, I know last year, or and sometimes when you take someone who has had injury troubles in the first round at where maybe they were picked to, to, to go, there is this, like, cautiousness. But it, it feels like because of the delayed... Uh, fact of you getting a first round talent that some have predicted in the second round, it feels mm-hmm. like those injury concerns, um, the, the weight feels less. The risk is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. what, what's your, what's your positive? Yeah, this is a good question. Cause I, if, again, Booth Jr. is certainly someone that feels, uh, feels safe. I, I, I'm actually kind of excited about this first round pick. And I think that um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Vikings use, um, use this new safety. I, mm-hmm. I know that it's maybe not the position that's most at need, but I, one of the thoughts that have, that's kind of been going through my mind is this debate that we always have about picking positions of need versus best player available. Yep. And I think that certainly this pick is probably more on the best player available side rather than need but there also is this seems like a really good uh transition plan for uh harrison smith because we know that he's been fantastic for so long but how long is he's going to do that that's that's a good question uh mm-hmm. and you don't really know and i know bynum's got some flexibility uh so mm-hmm. lucine i i don't know i i'm from what i've 
heard and read about him and certainly wasn't someone on my radar, but just from what, um, what I've seen in terms of what fans have shared or and what experts have shared, it seems a really good pick. And it seems like one of the things maybe is an overall sense that he falls under that most of the picks fall under is that um, it seems like from what I've seen, the Vikings uh, really prioritize speed in terms of their yeah. picks. Uh, yeah. And, and that is something that um, I feel like is a really good area for them to have addressed. Yeah. It seems like a lot of these guys are highly, highly athletic. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. I think scene's going to fit in well, uh, like what you're saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I don't know if you have anything else you want to add on that, um, but maybe we'll move into maybe some of the things you're cautious about uh, or maybe hesitant right. or uh, even maybe discouraged about, about what happened with this, with this 2022 mm-hmm. draft class. Sure. So I, um, if we were to, instead of like maybe singling out a single player, I won't do that. Um, I didn't like the first round trade. I'm okay with the Packers trade in the sense, and that I see that it kind of cuts both ways and that maybe you see it as helping a division rival, but I think for Quasio Dopamensa and I think for the management team and the executives, I think they're looking at saying, you know, it's such good value. Like, yeah, they're jumping up to get this position in need that they really desperately want, but like we're also taking their two second round picks, forcing them to, you know, put it into one. Uh, you know, for a receiver to help out, a rookie receiver to help out their uh, their star quarterback. So I, I don't think that the Vikings see it as helping out uh, a division rival. I, I think they see it as just great value for themselves and then prying away two second rounders from the Packers. With the Lions pick, dropping from 12 to 32 is huge. Like a, like a massive, humongous drop in the first round. I don't think very many of us would have foreseen that. I think there's a lot of speculation about trading with Kansas City, but that was within the context of getting two firsts. And so, yeah, you trade away at 12, but you get Kansas City's 29 and 30. And so if you can turn your one first into two firsts, I'm okay with that. And when I saw that the Vikings had traded with the Lions, I said, shoot, wow, they're going to go with 32. Well, they for sure get a future first. That, that was my rationale, that they're going to get a next year first, and that if that was the case, then it's worth it. And then I saw the draft compensation. I saw the 32, 34, and 66. And I said, okay, wow, okay, well, it's 34 is pretty close to the first round, obviously, and 66 right at the top of the third. You know, it's you know it's a pretty good return. But then I saw the Vikings also included their 46. And so you're really just swapping your first round picks and your second round picks and then adding the third. I, to, me, to me, it's just, that sounds to me like a brutal trade. I like Lewis Seen. I think he fits well. I like how, in some ways, the second round worked out insofar as we were able to get Andrew Booth Jr. But that trade alone, uh, and I'm not even worried about giving the Lions Jameson Williams. I'm not even worried about, you know, some of that stuff. I'm just worried about the actual trade in and of itself, not the players who were selected. I, I don't think it was a good trade. No, I think that's totally fair. I, like, I could see... If- from the perspective of the Detroit Lions, like there's no way they should be giving up any future first round picks. Right. <laughs> with that, the no, way they that shouldn't. Built. Like, yeah. 
even the like you see the Chicago Bears giving up that pick like that that's killer to give up a top like a future top 10 pick yeah. for for trading up and, and with the Lions you know that that could be a very very early pick um right so right I, I like had a hard time thinking that to trade up to 12 that you give like that the the Lions would risk giving up a future first round pick but for sure I think that if you take out pick 46 from the equation of that trade, that's fair. Um, I guess the, yeah. Right, right. I, uh, I, would, I would agree with that. Not, yeah. not to say that it's, it's perfectly even, but like, okay, you know what? You've got a first, a very close to first and yep. um, like a very start of the third round pick for, right. for your first. That's okay. Yep. Um, yep. I will say this, out of all the division rivals to trade with and lose a trade with, in a sense, Detroit Lions is far and <laughs> yeah, away exactly. at the top of that list. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Right. Absolutely. Like, you know what? Make your mistakes even, with the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's even like, you know what? They've been so bad for so long. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's right. But no, I think that's fair. I think that you look at all the trades together and I think certainly uh, got decent value, but that that's the most important trade when you're trading away your mm-hmm. first round pick, trading a pick at 12. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's fair that the, the, the thoughts around that aren't super positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's where I'm at. I, I don't think it was a very good trade. Fair enough. Where, where are you at? What's your, what's your kind of caution or a little bit more negative? Yeah, fair enough. Well, yeah, I think for me, the, the maybe the concern or the hope of what the Vikings could do, and I don't know if it's necessarily uh, a big issue but I was actually reading something Dustin Baker wrote over on Vikings territory today about mm-hmm. the hope of adding maybe just a skilled position uh, to add to that offense I think the offense is certainly very good uh, and it's I'm glad that they prioritize the defense but I and like in some ways Ty Chandler um, mm-hmm. Jalen Naylor I think there's potential there and and I'm glad to to take swings on on guys like that late in the draft um but I, again i'm not overly disappointed but i was have to pick one thing it's yeah. probably the hope that it would have been nice to add uh another yeah perceived topper and uh more top end offensive mm-hmm. offensive weapon yeah that's fair i think those opening six picks five went to defense and then one went to offensive right and so what you're saying with Chandler and Naylor seems that both have potential, but I don't think we could really expect any to be huge impact players um, in, in round one. In season one, uh, especially since there's a ton of depth at running back and there's a ton of depth at receiver, so it's just kind of hard to know how they fit in. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, is, it, uh, it certainly is hard to see how they, they fit in. In some ways... Uh, the running back crew does feel not not that you're going to immediately decide that that Chandler is going to um, immediately jump in and compete for for starts, but like you with with the running back crews they have um, certainly could be a crowded backfield, and so it'll be interesting to see yeah. how they navigate all that and and what it looks like because I know um, like there's there is special teams there, but uh, yeah, I good problem to have. Yeah, in, in in many ways, like I mean, you're never going to be too worried about having 
oh my gosh, we got so much skill. What are we going to do with all these skilled players? It, it is a good problem to have. Um, and so fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, any other disappointments? No, let's, uh, let's leave it there for now. Let's get to third down. Okay. Well, let's give a final grade. And so I guess we can, we can go the ABCD uh, thing here. And I guess this is about overall draft, how you're feeling, maybe even including the trades within that. What grade do you give the Vikings? I think right now, and of course, with the necessary preface, that neither samurai are experts. Neither of us are like grinding college film. And like everyone else, neither of us know how it will actually work out in the end. And so in two, three years, we can actually give it a real grade. But from what we can see right now, I give the overall draft class a B. Um, I would maybe be more enthusiastic if that first round trade wasn't what I believe it was, which I think was a bad trade. Uh, but I'll give it a B because I think there are some players here who can make a difference both in the immediate and in the future. And uh, so that's my cautiously optimistic, still trying to be realistic take. Interesting. So I was going to, I was going to preface the question by saying that you're not allowed to say B because it feels like that's Is like it a cop out. I, well, I don't know. I don't, in some ways I feel like it's a cop out in some ways. I think, I think it's actually just very honest. Like I, even when I've seen other people give a, a B that's what yeah. I, what I see. So again, like I would give them a B too, but maybe right. to, maybe to try to um, give a little more of a, a hot take uh, or a little bit more of a opinion. Mm-hmm. If you had to either A or C, what would you give? C for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if it was, if, cause I was thinking about like, okay, B for blends. Yeah. Okay. B is a little bit boring. Um so if I was saying, I was thinking when you were talking there, I was thinking to myself, okay, if I had to decide between B plus and B minus, I'll say B minus. Right. I think that's a more realistic take. And so between A and C, it's a C, I, I, I would say. Yeah. Um, no. But maybe maybe B minus is what my actual take should be. Yeah. No, I, I again, I'm not saying that, like, this is certainly not saying that Kyle said it's a C, uh, mm-hmm. but it is more saying that I think that overall, there's kind of a pretty average feeling to this. But yeah. it feels like there is more. If you're gonna have to go on the like, oh, this could be really good, or this could be not as great. Um, I think there is maybe more of a skepticism towards mm-hmm. this draft than a lot of optimism. And and again, there have been countless examples of assessment right after a draft, even by experts, that end up being brutally wrong. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there certainly is a ton of potential. Yeah. Uh, and and I think realistically, you got a few potential starters here from this draft, uh, mm-hmm. and so if they jump in and are significant, then immediately the feelings about this I think are are very optimistic. But mm-hmm. I think I'm probably with you. If you have to go between that A or C grade, I'm probably at the C as well. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're certainly moving into. Yep. This NFL offseason, we've got uh, schedules being released. You said May 12th. May 12th. Yeah. It's Thursday night. Next, next Thursday. Of, I was going to say next week. Yeah, it's coming up. There is. I've seen some reports about there's going to be some knowledge about one of the potentially one of the Vikings games. Yes. Um, week yeah. four or five about international yep. game. 
Yep. And the one positive I'll say about that, I don't love the fact that the Vikings have to travel because it's already such a difficult season. But the one positive that I'll highlight, if the reports are true and that they're playing the Saints in week four, week five, that's a road game for the Vikings. And so at least it doesn't rob you of one of your actual home games at US Bank Stadium. And so right now they have, there's obviously 17 games, nine of which are going to be at home. And uh, one of the road games will be, it looks like, potentially in London. Uh, but at least we don't lose whatever advantage comes from US Bank Stadium. So that, that's my one little positive. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the international travel is um, it's tough. It's not not ideal. Um, yeah. But get to play a Saints team who is probably projected to be maybe middle to bottom half of like like I think in yeah. some ways probably bottom half of the league rather than top half. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it's a neat experience. Um, I'm assuming that buy will probably kind of fall pretty close to that. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting because the past two years they've had their buy in week seven. And so I've kind of wondered, are they going to try to avoid that for the Vikings this year and that they've gone you know, week seven, week seven? But it, you're making an interesting point in that, you know, it is a lot of travel, right? And you do have to adjust your body to the new time zone and all this stuff. So who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll be another week six or, or week seven buy, rather. So we'll see. I, I think probably fair to say you'd rather a later season buy. Yes, cer- certainly, because it makes the final two thirds such a grind. Uh, so I would certainly prefer that. But I guess one way that the NFL maybe sometimes tries to remedy that a little bit is by giving you a late season Thursday nighter. And then in that case, you have like 10, 11 days off or whatever it is. And so uh, there is, even though a Thursday night's really imperfect and that forces you to play on a short week. So anyhow. There are no perfect solutions, it seems. Yeah. That's that's my that's my negative. There's no perfect solutions. It's going to be difficult. Everything's that's my perfect. assessment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, good. Well, certainly, certainly, some things to cover. I think we. Uh, I know that you've been grinding for for the past couple of months, just getting uh, content out, and and so uh, I know that after the after the schedule release, uh, a little bit of a di- we're kind of entering a little bit of a quieter. Uh, part of part of the off season. Um, yep. So as as this goes, uh, the Minnesota Wild start the playoffs. Uh, play NHL playoffs start tonight. Um, Wild play St. Louis tonight. Uh, it's going to be a tough series. St. Louis has been a good team. Uh, certainly, <laughs> certainly yeah. they've got some interesting dynamics with their goaltending. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do really like this Minnesota wild team. Um, mm-hmm. So I've in my bracket, I've picked them to win. Uh, yep. And I've actually picked them to upset the Colorado avalanche. Oh dear. That's a bold take. It is a bold take, but it, it wow. happens. These things happen. And uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm right. on the, I'm on the wagon. So I, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be very tough. St. Louis is going to be, uh, it's going to be a heavy series. It's going to be, be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them to do something, they need to get through both St. Louis and almost certainly Colorado. Uh, and then I don't know whatever's going to be waiting for them on the other side. It looks like it's probably going to be Calgary. It looks like Calgary's got a pretty clear window to that uh, Western Conference finals, uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see. Sam will hate me 
for saying this, but especially on air. But last year looked like the Leafs had a very clear window to progress, and it just didn't materialize. And so where I give the NHL a lot of credit versus the NFL versus the NBA is that crazy things happen in the playoffs more more than I think the other you know big North North American um, North North American leagues and so who knows man who knows and so I will I'm not going to get into second round third round that kind of thing but I will say I got the wild in seven but that St. Louis will not be easy so I'll, I'll take me I'll take the wild in seven okay we're both on that um yep. and and let's uh quick yep uh yep. prediction so you actually at the start of the season if i remember correctly chose the washington capitals uh <laughs> did i really damn okay and I, and I told you at that point that i thought that they had a better chance of missing the playoffs than they did of winning the cup <laughs> okay yeah all right they they were the eighth seed um mm-hmm. but the teams in the east were so far behind everything uh, that they made it quite handily. So uh, I don't know if it's fair to say that you won that one, but... Um, I mean, they let's... still got 100 points on their year. Like, it wasn't like they, like... I mean, they're 44, 26, and 12. Yeah. It wasn't, like, an embarrassing year by any means. They were very healthily above 500. They got to 100 points. Personally, I don't think they're going to win the Cup. <laughs> no, they are. I don't, I don't even remember making that prediction. They're but, very clearly uh, 8 yeah. of 8. Um, yeah in the, in the yeah industry, sure from my perspective um, sure all right so, all right so take a predict the finals who the two teams are going to be there and then your eventual okay. winner so the finals is going to feature colorado avalanche versus the new york rangers wow and it's the avalanche win. but um, i'm saying that uh it's mr gallant i believe who's over there with the rangers i believe mr gallant is going to be the head coach that is leading his Rangers into the finals. But I believe that the Avalanche, extremely talented team, they've lost a fair bit in these past years in the playoffs. So a lot of times you have to do that in order to you know figure out how to win, as we've seen with the Lightning. Give me the Avalanche winning the cup over the Rangers. That's my guess. All right. Igor Shosturkin going to lead the Rangers to the finals. That can happen. You need, you need goaltending yeah. in the playoffs. 100% uh, you do. 100%. So in the West, I'm taking Calgary. I they, really they've got the the um the, the Western Central Division uh, is going to be hard, and whoever gets out of that, yeah, I find yeah. usually that yeah. third round is kind of the least exciting round of the playoffs, and I think that Calgary at that point is going to be in a better spot than. Then whoever comes out of that, likely Colorado, but I know I've chosen Minnesota. So Calgary uh, from the West, and mm-hmm. I will don't you say it? Don't stick you say with it. it for the for forever until it happens. I'm picking the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> okay. to get there, and I'm picking okay. the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the cup. Uh, uh, all <laughs> Canadian okay. finals. I all right. I will not be. Um, well, I'm not going to say I won't be convinced otherwise because you can pretty easily convince me that they're not going to make it there. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm 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 on it. Part of me is tempted to make a safety pick, but I'm not going to do it because that's a cop out. So the Toronto yep. Maple Leafs, 2022 Stanley Cup champions, 
thankfully this podcast is not very big because <laughs> I don't want exactly. this to be, to be right. broadcast anywhere, but, uh, yeah, right. Right. But yeah. I, okay. Well, I am on it. This Toronto Maple Leafs will win the Stanley cup in 2022. I don't know if that's like some fans consider that, um, some kind of jinx or some kind of, I was, you, you said the same thing last year and look how that turned out. Yeah. Well, you know, cause I've got a lot of power sitting in my chair, about what, uh, <laughs> what they decided to do. So just a, just a tiny bit more pressure, just a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not possible. Anyways, going to be a lot of fun. I, I am really excited about the, the wild St. Louis series. So going to be really interesting mm-hmm. to see how that goes. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, we'll wrap up there. We'll be back soon. Maybe by that point, we'll talk about the schedule a little bit more about the mm-hmm. draft. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as we get more details, but uh, take care, everyone. Have a good week and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Bye.